begin our dark works. And I think that's it right there. So uh, here we go. Let's go ahead and get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode number 140. Realized last weekend, thanks to a helpful listener, that I did not read the episode number. So, so sorry for the confusion there. I'm sure that we was... Got a, we got a mail or was that a comment? I, I, got a, uh, I, got a, I got a personal message uh, about that one. So Nice. But was it insulting? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Basically went something like, hey, stupid, why didn't you read the fucking number? But this time I did. I'm your usual host, Jared, by the way. That piece of shit. And I am joined today by Mr. Lucio Lorenzino. Hello, listener. I missed you, too. We have uh, a colleague in from Satellite, Mr. Doug Wilson. I didn't miss any of you, because you all suck. Oh. Uh And I have uh, my new husband, Mr. Michael Mahoney. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? You're really trying to make that a thing, aren't you? Uh, You know, consistency. People like that. You gotta have a thing, for sure. Uh, Michael and I, of course, just got back from the uh, great PAX event uh, up in Seattle, and uh, we saw a lot of games there, and a lot of it ties into just stuff we can talk about, you know, right now, so I thought that's probably what will guide most of our discussion today, is maybe just a recap uh, of the events that transpired there. Um, So before we go too far into it, Michael, what was your favorite... Uh, Pax moment, and why is it the homeless man who sprayed that building with diarrhea? <laughs> well, that was certainly the the most memorable. <laughs> Can't say that I've had an opportunity to forget that one. You know, Pax is really about people, and uh, it's nice to see people shitting in the streets. I thought that was something that was uh, relegated just to San Francisco, but it seems like that's crept its way up to uh, Seattle as well. So it was I always thought, there, but we didn't. I have thought to, all the homeless people were priced out by the Amazon po- homeless people that are I mean, much better paid. They were pretty far away from uh, the convention center and the Pike area. But Jared uh, Trollolod our ass through the ghetto. Oh, here we go. You know, Jay accused me of this when we went to E3. He accused me of walking him through dangerous back alleys and like. The worst thing we walked by was like a Kia dealership. And he's like, oh, don't, don't hurt me. Jay? I hope no one sells me a Kia. He's from Harlem. I know. I have no idea what he found so horrific about the part of Los Angeles that I made him explore. But. What I know is that I, I have friends that, uh, that work at Boeing, right? Mm-hmm. And that when they just moved to Seattle, uh, right out of college, they rented this apartment. And apparently they rented it like in the ghetto, like... When he, they would tell people where they live, they were like, oh, well, we're, we're not visiting you. Like, that kind of place. Mm-hmm. And compared to the ghetto in Miami, that place was like heaven. And I was like, oh, this is a ghetto here? It's- I mean, we, we stayed in an area, part of town, that I think would probably be called the ghetto, like, here. But comparatively... It's only because I mean, there was black people there. It was probably... Yeah, that's pretty much it, actually. Uh, but it, it was perfectly fine. Nothing bad happened. I was a little suspicious about the people in the house next to us and their goings-on, but other than that, things were good. But, uh... Well, it's right. Beautiful city, ate a lot of chowder, uh, saw one really angry guy because of a line thing. That was probably so, highlight number two. There was chowder? There was so much chowder. Chowder. So, wrong again, Alex Joan. Mm-hmm. Yep, there was, uh, there was a lot of chowder to be had. 
I think I had three by the time I left. I don't know how you did, Michael, but... I only had one. Man. Well, you know, it's not too late to go back. It's true. You just see how many... I guess I'll uh, see you guys later. How many more of those can you cram up in your face? A lot of chatter, man. Uh, the very first day of PAX, they let media in an hour early. And it's always kind of the highlight of the event because all the, all the large companies, they don't call us to book appointments. They're, they're not really super keen on that. So the Sonys, the Microsofts, the Nintendos, they're not exactly uh, you know, beating down our door to make PAX appointments. Uh, and so, you know, we always get there nice and early so that we have time to run like the full gamut of the show floor. And I was really, I think both Michael and I were really disappointed to see that there was pretty much nothing that we wanted to do. Correct. Um, Wasn't uh, Horizon Zero done there? It was, and we did do that. We did play that. Um, I, I like oh, it. It was super okay. Yeah, Michael wasn't as big of a fan. I, I mean, you know, we, we discussed the demo before uh, that they showed at E3 and talked about how it looked like it was, you know, like super guided and, uh, you know, prob- probably very specifically scripted. And I felt that way while I was playing as well. Like, it, it, it's going to be a perfectly fine game. It, it seems like it's fine. Just fine. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping that the voice acting is not final because it is horrendous. So we'll see about that. But the, watch uh, out for the robot dinosaurs. Uh, so I guess the order that we did things is first we walked around. Uh, we did an entire walk of the show floor uh, just to make sure that like we weren't crazy and there really wasn't anything we wanted to play. And uh, then we made our way to Resident Evil 7. And uh, there is, was a VR setup. So what they were doing is they weren't allowing press in. They were allowing press to line up to be the first to make appointments for later in the day. And uh, that's not an appointment to play the game. That's an appointment to wait in line to play the game. Ah, that's so, great. And as I understand it, that sells out like immediately every single day. So that was kind of an impossibility. Uh, which was too bad. Really wanted to throw some shade on that one. So finally, we elected to do Final Fantasy XV. And I have to ask you, Lucio, because you played the demo. Um, does it involve... Isn't it terrible? <laughs> so the demo that we played, it opens up with like a flash forward. And the, mm-hmm. hero, the hero's like all grizzled and he's got a beard. And he's like, oh, we got to fight the fire guy. And then they go and fight a guy on fire. Um, that doesn't sound like the one I played. And right as it's about to get interesting, it goes ahead and ends that scene and flashes back to like pussy hero, and he's he's mad because the king's sending him somewhere. I didn't follow it mm-hmm. super well. By his own makeup. And then they they get in the car and the car breaks down and then they push the car, and while they push the car, a Japanese pop sounding rendition of "Stand by Me" begins to play. <laughs> that sounds all right. And uh, um, that was there when... is no. So there's two demos that I played, uh-huh. and none of them are the, in that one. Oh, okay, good. Well, so in one of them, the car breaks down, and you have to fix it by getting a certain amount of money, which you get by killing a boss, which you don't actually kill because they like do an aspel. Um, the highlights of that is that you get to do activities with the bro. So. The original time I played it, like I got like they were just friends, but then um, 
they did an update and they added these events that are one on one with your team. So, you know, you get to go stargaze with one of them and you go to go wrestle with the other one and you pick flowers <laughs> that you used to cook with the other one and it's the gayest fucking thing. Awesome. Um, and then the second one is just like you dicking around. It's kind of more like a tech demo than anything else. So uh, the thing about this is that we only have an hour. Mm-hmm. And I haven't even gotten past pushing a car. And we're almost a half hour into like <laughs> the, the, the morning. And I look across from me where Michael was stationed. And he's already bailed and is waiting outside <laughs> the line. And so I went ahead and quit too. So we didn't even we didn't see the battle system. We didn't see anything. Uh, we could not justify wasting any more of our morning uh, doing that. That's all right. I think you made the right call. So the remainder of our half hour was looking at Horizon Zero Dawn, which seems okay. Uh, and then we also got to play Recore, which uh, is pretty bad. I think. Yeah, those uh, those reviews. Well, it's curious because the reviews seem to go a little bit of both ways. Some people really seem to be enjoying it, uh, and some people seem to not like it so much. But you gave it a six, which is like yeah, that's pretty, basically means that it's a rape in video game form. That's pretty bad. Um, I the thing that I the two things that I took away from it is uh, your character is like very floaty. And just feels cheap to control. Like, she doesn't feel like any thought went into her movement or, uh, you know, any real design philosophy there. And then on top of it, all the levels have the smallest, like, just the itty-bitty, tiniest, uh, like, little set pieces in them. And then they're gigantic, like, warehouses that you're in. So, you're in this huge, empty room, and there'll be maybe a boxcar that's sitting in the room and that's that's your decoration that you get when you're in there i don't know just everything felt really empty and really weird Mm. and you have to keep in mind that with game demos like this especially when the game's releasing in a week that was probably the best part of the game that i saw yeah that was probably the (laughs) they're not going to go back and like add assets horizon has an excuse horizon can get a lot better before it comes out but this game was pretty much done, and so whatever they were showing was was pretty much the final product, and uh, I wasn't super impressed. So I'm not surprised that it didn't work out very well for them. Well, I'm kind of glad I complete, kept forgetting about it. And then that was it. That's literally the last AAA game that we played at the entire show. We spent the entire rest of our time playing indie stuff, uh, more, I think, than any other year that I've been to PAX. There just wasn't really. I mean, I guess, I guess, like Hob isn't really indie per se, uh, but it's, yeah, double A maybe. It's close enough. Yeah, yeah. We, there's a lot of that. We played a lot of those kind of games. Um, I don't know how long we want to explore it, but uh, maybe do you have like some highlights, Michael? What were things that you enjoyed? Um. Well, so we. Uh, I put up my my findings on Let It Die today, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, that's Grasshopper Manufacturer. They're doing a... Like I said, people keep... When I was reading around, everybody wants to call it like Dark Souls-like, and I really don't think it's got a whole lot to do with Dark Souls, but... I mean, that's not really what you expect from Suda, anyway. It's the No, really, it isn't. It's the multiplayer uh, aspects that kind of cause that comparison, I think. Because the game features... What do you even call it? It's not... Uh, not know. multiplayer, it's like 
consistent world mutually sharing. mutual worlds but so like in dark souls in dark souls you die and you leave behind a blood stain and people can click the blood stain and they can see how you died right well in this game you die and you can leave behind a blood stain but that blood stain is a copy of you that will attack people think of it like that that's pretty cool it's not every time you die. I think that would be pretty right. pretty unrealistic. But scattered throughout the map, you will find areas where there will be an enemy who has a unique... Now, they didn't really get into specifics here, but my understanding was that they said it was kind of... Uh, there would be UI or AI tweaks that were based on how you played, so someone could get kind of a representation of you. So, like, for Michael, it would be a hero who just rolls into you and never attacks... And uh, that would be your opponent. Fucking hate you, Beard. <laughs> I feel like there's an inside joke here. Michael just didn't really, didn't really give it his all. Didn't didn't really bring it. And so we didn't go to PAX, so we don't know about that joke, jerks. Yes. When, when the, oh, we have. <laughs> I was I was in sucky Miami. We have inside jokes for days, son. But uh, he, <laughs> yeah, we saw a homeless guy shit on a wall. We saw this game. Uh, we, saw, <laughs> we saw record. We had a great time. We had a great time. Know, we got a lot of single chat. You know how hard it was down here? What was, what was really cool, though, is the uh, one of the games, I think it's the director, right? Yeah, Hideyuki Shin. Hideyuki Shin uh, was there, and he doesn't speak English. And so I was so excited because I was like, Michael can say Japanese things to him. And then he didn't. We used the translator <laughs> for the entire thing. And... <laughs> Um, but anyway, well, after, after Michael's... You discovered I, that, that uh, Michael was asking where the library was. <laughs> yes. You should have done a conta, condescending konnichiwa to him. Well, see, that's exactly just, why I just decided to play it close to the vest. He threw a little bow into his handshake, I noticed. Uh, and I did not quite as much uh, because I thought that that might be taken as being like mocking you know when a fat white guy shakes your hand and bows when he wouldn't do that to anybody else but to you. he was uh he was very very nice and he was very I good am at big the game. fan of glorious nippon we, we we found out he was very good at the game because after michael's embarrassing run i asked him if he would play it for us instead and so he played uh he played the exact same level pretty pretty beautifully i would say there were... He did do pretty well, but I will say I cleared the level. I didn't do so bad. No, you did. You did. You were fine. Thank you. You were fine. Um, but just a, I, I, I don't really know how to describe the combat in the game. It's third it's... person. I can see where a Dark Souls comparison comes from, but it's probably closer to like a uh, Ninja Gaiden or yeah, something like that. Imagine Ninja Gaiden if you just attacked a lot slower. That's basically I mean, I didn't, what you have. I didn't feel like the combat was all that uh, all that slow either. No, I mean I suppose compared to Ninja Gaiden, sure, but no, but like you had you had a a big two handed axe that was like very deliberate. You know, it would strike, right. It would strike this very small zone right in front of you, and there was a pretty good amount of recovery time for it. There are other weapons, I'm sure, that are much faster and allow different types of playthrough. Um, mm. 
I feel like he spent a lot of time with a bat, if I remember right. It didn't really matter because he mostly just ran up behind people and stealth killed them and like did a giant suplex and sprayed blood everywhere. Right, ripped them in half with his bare hands and yeah. drank of their blood. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we get through this entire interview and we, we see him play the game. And as we're about to leave, they just kind of casually mention, they're like, and, and you guys know it's free to play. And both of us are like, wait, what? It's <laughs> free to play? I was like, I'm sorry, we need to stay here longer and talk about this because neither of us had any idea that that's what it was. So it's a free Does that mean the same thing in Japan as it does here? <laughs> Garbage? Yeah. For, like, for like mobile? No, it's a PlayStation 4 no, for PlayStation 4. Game. 4. Okay. It's well, I was kind of intrigued until now. Well, I mean, I'm not... I, I like Suda's stuff, so I don't necessarily mind. It's just weird. Yeah, very much so, which is why we were so surprised. Uh, they so, couldn't. So they how couldn't are they planning in, to make money? They they weren't willing to tell us the details. They said they might. So what will happen in the game is you have a certain amount of continues before you have to reset at the bottom of the tower and uh, go back to your underwear. They said they've considered possibly you know you can pay for more continues, but they really weren't willing to divulge how they were going to um, profit off the game. Yeah, I don't. Um... I don't know that we got the full picture as far as that goes. Um, but, I mean, it, it seemed to me like... And when he says continues, he basically just means whenever you die, there's a little insurance girl who pops up and she has two signs to let you... Basically, it's a literal continue where you just get right back up and keep going. So they were talking about potentially monetizing that instead of making you like start the level all over again. Um, I I don't know. They I'm... So curious as to how this works. I'm glad that they found a funding model that finally matches their game, in that sense, at least. I mean, it's I weird. don't like it, but... It's, it's fucking weird. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> um, they I were, mean, they were Suda is pretty... weird to begin with. It's just like, I usually like it's more like normal stuff for weird. They were pretty self-conscious about it. Like, they even he even kind of made an offhand comment of like, we're not sure... Like we're we're kind of worried that this is the wrong thing to do, um, and I feel like that's a bold thing for a company to say because the whole reason they do it is because they think it's the best thing to do. Uh, so I don't know. They were they were pretty lighthearted about it, and seemed to think that it might Man, work. I'll play it. I I usually like his stuff, even though it's usually flawed. I mean, you can play it. Like that's the beauty of it is you, you got nothing it. to lose. You can try it, and if it if it yeah. uh, appeals to you. I mean, for a free-to-play game, especially one like this, I would... In, in essence, Suda, Suda is one of those, like, a tour artist, uh, you know, like, video game makers that I like, that I know that their games are kind of flawed, but it still has... They have something I enjoy, like, something that appeals to me uh-huh. at a personal level. And so I he just basically saved me 60 bucks. <laughs> That's, yeah, kind yeah. of. I mean, it only took like ten seconds for Michael to get a big, uh, big laugh out of it as he exploded a man. Like, <laughs> it, it definitely worked for him. You have oh, yeah. you know stuff like the, um, you know, lollipop chainsaw or that um, what's it, the name? The the one with where you can get stare at the girls. Killer um, is dead. Killer is dead. Yeah, uh, um, it's got a it's got a lot know, of that. Uh, to the damned. You know, I, I like all of that shit. So you know, for me, this is this is good. This is good news. Yeah. Yeah, you capture rats and frogs and eat them for health and it's Yeah, you or you can smash them and collect mushrooms and eat right. those for buffs. Nice. It's very much a grasshopper manufacturer game. I 
I don't know. It 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 could be pretty cool. I mean, yeah, like I say I usually like their stuff, even though I recognize that you know a lot of times it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not like a perfect game or anything like that. They usually, mm-hmm. you know, they're usually fraud, but they have something I like a lot. So let it die, and then uh, what are some other highlights for you, Michael? Uh, we played, or I played Beat Cop, mm. um, which is a ticket riding simulator or simulator. Ticket uh, simulator. You can, it's, you compared it uh, to Papers Please, right? The developer actually said there was a bit of Papers Please in there, so. You, right. you, you're a cop who walks a beat, and you're trying to solve the mystery of who framed you and cost you your detective position. But at ah. the same time, you still have to write tickets, so you have to go to the cars on the street. Like It's a, it's a top-down, pixelated view. You have to find cars where the meters are expired or their, uh, their tires are worn out, and you have to write them a ticket. But you have to write the ticket accurately, you know, make sure you're citing them for the right violations. Oh, and so that way it's like pepper. Exactly. So you gotta you gotta meet your quota of tickets for the day, but at the same time you're going around the neighborhood, meeting people, you know, doing favors, finding out information, things like that. So uh, it it's very colorful. It's uh, pretty pretty brazen. Like for for the entire demo I played, it was mostly just Italian people blaming blacks on the fall or why the neighborhood had turned so bad. <laughs> It does sound like you're kind of game. I'm not gonna lie. It's interesting too because it's a uh, it's a Polish game. Uh, it's actually right. so uh, this war of mine has opened up like this huge kind of indie uh, explosion in Poland, and they had an entire section. I would say what probably like twelve games, nice. uh, maybe even close to twenty. Yeah, maybe even maybe even more like twenty. But they had a and a lot a, of really good, nicely polished games too. Right. That that's the thing is they look great, especially yeah. like, like they they've got some very talented artists, and uh, there's there's a lot of them there. The only thing is if you go near that booth where they all are, uh, and they like see you, it's very difficult to leave because they'll just kind of <laughs> like. They'll just kind of pass you around from like game to game. Like I, I like that. I like that. I, li- I like people that want to like talk to us, man. Because most of them are like, ah, oh, yes. No, yeah, me too. I come to- watch mm. my my indie platformer uh, esport wannabe game. I definitely did they to for it. Did they? What no, now? they did not have any Polish delights to serve us. No, there were no pierogies. But like to to compare to what you're talking about, Lucio, every year PAX does something called the PAX 10, where they have uh, 10 indie games that they pick out. Right. They kind of like separate from the pack. And um, I went over there to kill some time. I had like a half hour before my next appointment. And I watched this game. I won't say what game it is, but I watched this game that I really, really thought was kind of interesting. Um, you know, it didn't blow me away, but like I, I thought it was all right. And... Um, the uh, creator of it came over, and I I, sh- I said hi to him, and uh, he's just kind of like hi, and then just went back to like watching this person play his game, and I I asked him a little bit about it, and he kind of just told me just a little bit, and I gave him my card, and you just would have thought that like, I'll bet as soon as I left he ripped it up, like I just I don't think he wanted that at all, I don't think he wanted any interaction with anyone. Uh, See that's what I mean. It's like you know they, they go to packs and all that shit, and then like. They don't even, you know, they don't want to talk to you. I definitely get what you mean in that regard. Like, this guy wasn't yeah. excited to... And maybe it's me. You know, maybe it's just that I, I came on too strong. And and, look and, at you like you would just shout out the, the funny thing is, like... This, this, this is not like they're CD Projekt Red or, you know, uh, Eidos Montreal or, you know... 
in the darlings right now. They're just fucking, you know, I'm going to make this really mediocre, you know, uh, eSport wannabe game. And then I'm going to act like, you know, I'm hot shit. Oh, you know, on top of it, when I was getting ready to leave, he he finally did ask if I wanted to play it. And I told him, no, that I couldn't because it was time for my next appointment. And I, I, I think he was, like, offended by that, too. So, <laughs> Oh, he can go fuck himself. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, hey, you guy, if you're listening to this, go fuck yourself. <laughs> you know, I just, he really didn't seem to want anything to do with me. And, and fair enough. Whatever. That's fine. Uh, but, you, yeah, it, it is nice. The, the Poland developers are uh, just so thrilled to have you there playing their mm-hmm. game. And the, and the thing well, about it is, is, like, their games are better than that guy's. So... Like I don't think like I don't expect them to suck our dick or anything like that. But you know, just like be interested in like having people play your game. That's not. I don't think that's too much to ask. Right. Pretty right. much what you're there for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You're there to sell your game. Sell your fucking game. <laughs> yeah. There was another one at the uh, Polish one that was called Regalia, and uh, I liked that one too. It's like a tactics RPG, like Final Fantasy Tactics, kind of like that. And uh, the the engine's really solid. They've got a lot of like creative hero types and things like that. Um, I think they've got some stuff to figure out, but I mean the game's not out yet, so the- they were also very aggressive about soliciting feedback to the point where I, not a tactics player, couldn't really offer any, and I felt like they they thought I was holding back on them. Mm, yeah, <laughs> you better to tell them. Well, and it's like, not I- it's not really our place. Oh, yes. Michael, this was your chance to say, hey, could you add but a stacking all, all app? I have to say is, uh, you know, <laughs> a lot of my favorite games in the past few years have been Polish, so, you know. Yeah, I'm I glad mean, to see that they're taking it seriously. They're doing a very good job. Uh, what else? Uh, any other highlights for you, Michael? Uh, Osiris New Dawn was pretty cool. I would, uh, I would say I'm looking forward to playing that. Oh, yeah. It's basically Rust in space. That's With giant playing. scary sandwiches. Yeah, it, 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 there's some... I Okay, so twice on this trip, I mentioned No Man's Sky. And the first time I mentioned it Ooh. to... Uh, the first time I mentioned it to an Australian developer who was showing us his space game. And he made a comment about how the whole universe was handcrafted. And he's like, you know, there's there's these, like, 60 planets here. Uh, but, you know, they're all they're all handcrafted and... and, <laughs> and and uh, and I told him I'm like I'm like but if they're handcrafted how will you hide all your lies? And he didn't he didn't have any idea what the fuck I was talking about. And I think he like took some offense to what I said. He's <laughs> a giant douche. Michael had to like Michael had to like explain to him. He's like he's talking about No Man's Sky. And he's like oh I've heard of that game. <laughs> you know, we've discussed this before, but indies don't get to play games. It seems right. like. I don't. No, they don't. They're busy and, working on their game. And so, I mean, you know, he—he he, seriously, I wouldn't have been surprised if he was like, "Oh, is that out?" Or, "Oh, what is that? Will that run on my Commodore?" <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that that didn't work. But Osiris, the guy who showed us Osiris, he—he he got it at least. I don't know why I was bold enough to make that joke twice. But <laughs> I made a comparison to No Man's Sky, and he was telling us that that game had done wonders for them at the show because it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of easy to draw some, some comparisons because uh, you can actually like you're on the planet, your goal is to survive, to build a shelter on the planet. There are factions that other players are members of, and so you'll kind of go to war with them. Um, 
but you have the ability it, it's still pretty early but you have the ability to get in a ship and go up into space and there's like two other entire planets that you can visit nice not a lot and there are giant worms but just a couple yeah and there's a giant worm which no man's sky couldn't pull off so i yeah, mean but, but no man's sky is 187 quintillions I would, yes, that's true. I and that's would great. Rather, would they all rather suck. Explore this. Uh, this guy's three. Uh, I mean, I don't think I, I don't think I got sixty planets in No Man's Sky. I don't think you got the game, Jared. Well, I, I didn't. I definitely didn't. I didn't get it. Um, I even tried doing drugs and playing it, and I still didn't. It didn't work. I don't hmm. know what the story is, uh, but I did a whole lot of ketamine, and it didn't. It just did nothing for me. Because well, you're supposed to take E. Oh, you're just doing it wrong all over the place. Well, Jeez, Jared. Well, shit. Any other? Um, uh, what other gems? I feel like there was some other stuff that I enjoyed, but uh, what about you, Jared? What did you enjoy? Um, anything? Yeah, no, actually, you know, we, we've we've talked a little shit on uh, on this, but I actually think it was still a pretty good show. Uh, but definitely a really piss poor showing from AAA. Like it's, yeah. it's like they literally just decided to skip it. Nintendo, I don't understand how you have like a billion Zelda demo stations at E3, and then can't even be bothered to bring one to PAX. Um, that's just weird to me. I guess they felt like it was ready enough for the business public to play it, but not the general public. And I, I guess that's fair. But that sounds like Nintendo. But anyway, no, they, fans want to play it. Well, fuck them. Nintendo literally just had a section with some indies, and uh, they had a kiosk where you could pre-order Pokemon. Are you and, serious? And that was Nintendo. Yep. <laughs> well, it was like last year where they had Splatoon four months after it went out. Yeah, but I mean, uh, was Mario Maker out last year? Uh, no, no, they had that there. I remember. Um, I don't know. I don't know what was going on there, but it was it wasn't a great showing from them. But anyway, things I liked. Uh, I really like the look of. Well, there's a couple games. One, there was one we played called Lords of New York. Yeah, which I thought was pretty cool. It's a poker game, uh, except the big thing about it is it's a multiplayer PC. Like everybody's playing from their own computer poker game. Uh, Texas Hold'em. Uh, the only thing about it is you have abilities like like RPG trees that you can grow out depending on which character you pick uh, that will give you different ways to cheat and that could include <laughs> that could include peeking at everybody else's cards uh, that could include actually swapping a card out for somebody else so there's these really kind of cool dynamics where like say I'm playing a game with Michael and he's raising a whole bunch and I think he has a really good hand. I could hang on to my skill and then in the last flop use it to swap out one of his cards and maybe fuck up the hand that he's got. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah, it was. Like, I mean, it's still a card game, but pretty cool. Uh, it's still early. The multiplayer build, I guess they actually uh, put together that morning. Like, they finished it right before the show. So, uh, you know, I'm sure it will change quite a bit. The only real criticism that I had of it is that you can't bet that much money. And so, like, going all in isn't something that you'll do. And so the stakes feel kind of low. Like, everyone has $10,000, and the worst thing that happens is you lose two. Um, I'd much rather have yeah. everybody have $100, and you can potentially lose it all, you know? That's more interesting to me. Um, but that was a cool game. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, we saw. Uh, I saw one called Smash and Grab. Michael didn't get a chance to see that. 
that is the new game from the people who made Sleeping Dogs. You guys remember Sleeping Dogs? Mm-hmm. And it's a it sounds like a MOBA, which is very concerning to me. It's a big departure <laughs> for them uh, because it is indeed a MOBA. But it's kind right, it's of, a big departure because they made a good game before and now they're making a shitty one. Maybe. I mean, do you think Overwatch <laughs> is a shitty game? Yes. Oh, oh, well. No, I'm kidding. I don't think it's a shitty game. Then I think that there's... If Just you, being contrarian. If you can admit that Overwatch is not a shitty game, there is a chance that you will enjoy Smash and Grab. Uh, because it but has, here's the thing. I already own Overwatch. Right. You, and you, you think that you might not own Smash and Grab? I think I might not buy Overwatch again, no. I mean, oh, I see what you mean. I see. Um, well, I mean, you know, we'll see. So the idea in Smash it's and like, Grab... It's like the, we were having this conversation about Wobas the other day. I don't, know, I don't know if it was with you or if it was with Jay. Uh-huh. But, you know, my point was people don't want to buy League of Legends again. They already have League of Legends. They want to buy something else. That's true, but I, I like I, I'll, I make the Overwatch comparison simply because it, uh, it it is some design choices that they're making. But you would you would yeah. never mistake these two games for each other. Like they're very very different. Um, I will say there were two games at the show where people described their game as being like Pikmin and then having it be nothing like <laughs> Pikmin. Uh, aside from the fact that like you have a bunch of guys on screen, but. Uh, this game is not like Pikmin. They'll tell you that it is because what it is is it's three versus three. So your team only has three players on it. But every player has five gang members that are controlled by the AI that are attached to you and kind of run around with you. And so it creates this kind of cool thing where when you get into fights, it feels like a real street fight. Like it looks like it's right out of the Warriors or something. Uh, nice. where, where everybody's punching and kicking each other. Uh, it's a big focus on hand-to-hand combat. There are some ranged weapons and ranged classes, but most of it is going to be uh, you know, hand-to-hand. A little bit of uh, stuff carries over from Sleeping Dogs there. You can kind of see some of the similarities between the combats, but it ultimately plays out like a rock-paper-scissors thing. So if you block and they attack, you'll get a nice little counter out of that. If uh, if they're blocking and you grab them, you can get something out of that, and uh, so on and so forth. So everything everything has these different counters to it. But what's really unique about the game is that the overall goal is not to kill the other team a whole bunch. The, the goal is instead to loot as much money as possible from the shops that are scattered around the map. And the reason so why... It's, uh... It's based, uh, it's objective-based, which is good. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, and so I, I got into the, I actually got a beta key from him and played the beta this last weekend, and it's very obvious that many players do not grasp that concept very well, because <laughs> uh, you'll see a lot of people who will wrap up the Just game. Just like Overwatch? They have like half the amount of cash, uh, but a ton of kills. And it just it doesn't doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't get you anything. I mean, that, that usually happens in a lot of these like multiplayer, like team-based games. But it's pretty simple. It was really easy to pick up and play. I think in my life now, I've probably only played like six matches, but I felt like I had a pretty good grasp on it. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm curious. It needs. I definitely was getting fatigued by the only map they had in the game. So, but I'm sure they're gonna have more. Uh, I don't know if this is a premium game or a free-to-play model. I think they said it was going to be a premium one. So it's probably something that you just buy and have, and that's it. Kind of like Overwatch. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. It looks really nice. It plays pretty good. I, I enjoyed it, and I didn't think I was going to. So, uh, you know, take, take that for whatever it is. 
Uh, what else is good? I won't spend a long time talking about it, but Hob is, uh, was back and had a demo that was maybe just a little expanded from what we played last year, and uh, it's still really good. Like I'm super looking forward to that game. Um, it's a long ways away, though. It's probably fall next year, I'm guessing. Maybe summer if oh, we're lucky. Already? I mean, like, you know, I'm for a while now. I want it now. It seems know, right? perfectly playable right now. It was pretty good. I remember yeah. enjoying it quite a bit when we did our yeah. Our review. I really liked it. Uh, I was impressed. What else was good? The the highlight of the entire show for me has to be Thimbleweed Park. Um, yeah, that's far and away the best thing that I experienced. Um, we've talked before about uh, you know our our love of Ron Gilbert and. Michael uh, giving him... Yeah, he, he, had to, he had to talk to you this time, Michael. He had no choice but to talk to us this time. And he was very, <laughs> he was very nice. He was perfectly personable and, yeah, pleasant. It was, it it's, was almost nice. like he, it's almost like he was trying to sell you something. No, I don't think so. I, think, I actually feel like he probably would have been just fine not talking to us at all. Um, but, well, yeah, because he hates you. But I refused, I refused to leave until I got to say something to him. And he was, he was very nice. We talked about David Lynch for a little bit which is a, a big inspiration for Thimbleweed Park. Uh, it feels a lot like Twin Peaks, but it sounds like I got the impression from Gilbert that he's a big fan of all of David Lynch, and so I imagine mm-hmm. that it's not just Twin Peaks that you'll probably see inspiration from in there. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was really good. It's a classic adventure game, has amazing art, uses the scum engine, so you've got your... Uh, nine verbs down there, your nine actions uh, that you can oh, do. Nice. Um, so, I mean, it plays just like the old games used to. I will say... I want to use Sword on Self. It felt... It could have been because it was a demo for the show, and I don't know how Michael feels about this, but I felt like everything was a lot more grounded than some of the previous games. Like, the puzzles felt very real. Well, you, know? you, you really can't do that kind of crazy logic anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think part of what's right... Part of why I think people hated the uh, second half of um, of Broken Age so much is because they had like kind of that weird fucking logic that all the Benjamins used to have. They're like, stick this fish in the keyhole and turn it, and it unlocks the thing. I mean, not even that. It was like, oh, guess how to rewire this robot. You're like, what? Well, everything that we did, I think, was pretty pretty reality based. Uh, there's kind of a unique mechanic where a lot of times you'll have two characters that you're controlling, or at least more than one, and uh, Hold the car, Jared. you can switch back and forth between them. So like the very first way they introduce you to this is you need to take a picture of this corpse uh, that you're investigating as a cop, and uh, your partner has the film for the camera, so you have to switch to him and give the film to her, and then and then she can take the picture. It's just stuff like that. But... Uh, Really good, and uh, you know, really, really good team behind it. We met the artist, uh, and uh, one of the artists at least, and he was he was really cool, and everybody was cool, and I like that game a lot. So, it's it's gonna be pretty sweet. It's gonna be a super sweet game. I mean, if you if you trust somebody to make an adventure game, it's Ron Gilbert, right? We played uh, Rick and Morty, virtual Rickality. Oh yeah, how is that? I saw you got to touch a plumbus. You do, you do get a touch of plumbus. Um, Jared apparently nice. touched the hell out of the plumbus. 
Is there, any, is there everything we dreamt it could be? So uh, we 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 met two of the people from the studio that make it. It's the same studio that made Job Simulator, and uh, they were very very nice. So but they made a bad game. No, I mean they made a game that's weird. Uh, that Job I mean, Simulator is pretty bad. Maybe not even a game, um, but they're very enthusiastic about VR. Very 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 enthusiastic and like fun fun people like funny. Uh, but while Michael was getting hooked into the the stuff and he had all, all of his things on, I asked them, I'm like, hey, you guys are around this stuff a lot. Do you ever just walk up to somebody while they're in VR and just like shove them as hard as you can? And uh, <laughs> they were horrified that I would even ask that question. They, they thought that Jared was... might as well have just asked like, hey, don't you ever wish the Nazis won the war? Right. It was seriously, it was like, hey, aren't you guys so happy the Holocaust never happened? Like they were just, <laughs> they were mortified that I would suggest that they do something like that. And they said, uh, they're like, no, you know, we would never, you can, you can never betray uh, someone's trust while they're in VR. You can ruin it for them forever if you do something like that, which is a fair point. Um, you made a Rick and Morty game. And, uh, I feel like that probably just made me all the more shovable to Jared. And then, we a little bit, I kind of wanted to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> but they even said, like, in fact, the rule in their office is if you are in VR and somebody, uh, like, enters into your path and you bump into them, that is their fault, not yours, you know? Like, they consider that to be, uh, you know, you have to always be on the lookout for, like, the guy wandering around with a headset and avoid him at all costs. Oh, weirdos. But fair enough. Um, they don't really have a lot. There's there's no game there, certainly. Uh, but you, you do get to go in and, and see a Plumbus and kind of just play around in Rick's garage, I guess it is. Rick? I don't know. Rick's lab, Morty's garage. Yeah, whatever. And um, I, I did forget while I was playing that like they can see what I'm doing on the screen. And so I did pick up the Plumbus and probably like admired it for longer than I should have. <laughs> Had a grand old time with that plumbus. But uh, I, I got over it eventually and and got rid of it. So but things things picked back up. Um, I mean, yeah, it was it was cool. Um it's it's always fun to play in VR and the colorful cartoon world makes a pretty good place for a, a playground. Mm-hmm. But as Jared said, there really just wasn't there wasn't much to do except like screw around with the things in I don't know. That the, the, I don't know. There will be much to do, like at all. Uh, I don't think it'll be a whole lot of game. Um, we did see uh, a game called uh, Toe Jam and Earl. We also saw that at the Adult Swim uh, section. And I don't know if you guys remember Toe Jam and Earl, but they're remaking it. It got kickstarted, and they have made something that is remarkably faithful to the original. The problem is, is that the original isn't very much fun. Yeah. At least I don't think. Um, but we played that, and mercifully the game broke while we were playing it, so we didn't have to play it anymore. It's it's funny because I didn't know this was something that was happening, but I caught, I caught that it was happening on the show floor and that people were very excited for it. So when we went to the, the Adult Swim booth, I felt that we should probably give it a try. And right. I don't know that it's the game people remember it being. Hmm. Yeah, like I said, it, it feels very, very faithful. But I think if you go back and watch the first Toe Jam and Earl, like y- you walk around and you see like wacky things and, and you laugh at them, and that's pretty. That's pretty much the enjoyment part of the game. I don't think mm-hmm. anything else is really very fun. No, the core gameplay mechanics were not very engaging, but 
it was fun to find something new when you got into that uh, dance off with the the squirrel or the crab or whatever. Like I enjoyed that, but oh yeah, I did get into a dance off. You were called lame. Yeah, I didn't do a very good job. I thought that dance was unrealistic for me to replicate. I'm I maybe other people are doing it just fine, but I I didn't feel that way. Uh, what else was going on? Tiny Build had a huge fucking booth. Yeah. Uh, bigger than their uh, stuff set up last year. Uh, it's kind of been cool to watch them like grow, uh, because I remember the first year I was there, and they had a, a you know like a couple couches and a screen. In the second year, they had a, a modestly sized booth. In the third year, they had to move all the way down to where the AAA stuff was. They actually took the spot where I think Nintendo was mm-hmm. uh, last year. So, kind of cool. But we got to play two games there. We got to play uh, Cluster Truck. Have you guys seen that? Have you looked at that at all? No. I have no idea what it is. It's a game where you, there are trucks going really fast, and you jump on the tops of them uh, and try not to die, basically. And it's if that sounds reductive, it's not really. Like, that's kind of the game. Nope, he's, he's nailed sure. it. But it's it's pretty fun. It's a yeah. it's a pretty good time. It's, it's hard. It's crazy and it's yeah, it's very difficult. It makes for quite the spectacle like they had a uh they had a whole big group of people watching it being played outside of the booth and there was always a crowd there. And it's so what is the uh the game that is going to be accused of being the Citizen Kano gaming for VR? I I don't what it, what game is that? I don't I don't think we saw oh. it this year. Oh, are you talking about We Are Chicago? I don't know. <laughs> well, I think it's probably going to be We Are Chicago. Who was bold the one to come back? All the, uh, all the shitty sites are going to, to hype. There's, mm-hmm. um, I, we didn't play a lot of VR. Uh, I played one called Alice that wasn't great. Um, That's not super right. It's stupid and boring. It was, I mean, it wasn't stupid and boring, but it was just kind of, it was weirdly designed, and it was running on the Oculus, and so there's no controllers. Uh, you just use an Xbox controller. And it's amazing how cheap and shitty the Oculus feels <laughs> compared to the Vive. Like, it's, really? it's, it's no, there's no so comparison. Just so totally tank that platform. Um, is it, it's not more expensive. It's cheaper, but it doesn't have the controllers. I mean, the Oculus is more expensive. Right. Well, the Oculus costs less. The Vive is like 800 The Oculus is like 6 um, oh, but the Oculus doesn't come with the controllers because they're not out yet. So right. once those are out, they'll probably be the same price, if not. But that, that's why someone would say the Vive is cheaper, is because technically, I think the headset itself might be. Um, the Oculus, the the final version. This is the first time I've used one. It has uh, these earphones that are like attached to it that are just terrible. Like I don't know if it's because of my big fat fucking face, but. They don't. They didn't fit me right, and I pretty much just played that whole game, listening to the Polish people speak in Polish, uh, in the background. While oh, I, oh, look at this fat American! Right, right. Look at this <laughs> fucking guy. He cannot even get headphones on. What idiot! <laughs> but even if you do get them on, like they they feel super cheap and and garbage. I know, likey. Um, but that was it. I think Alice and Rick and Morty were my only VR experiences of the show. I don't know if you got to do anything else, Michael. Nope, that was it. Yeah, that was it. So we didn't really uh, mess around with that stuff too much. 
Um, Bastelet. What was the other game we played at Tiny Build? I forget. Uh, Mr. Shifty. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like Hotline Miami, except you can teleport. And I, Okay. It, it's, it's pretty good. Like, yeah. I, I enjoyed my time with it. I liked both that and Cluster Truck. They're very similar games, because they're basically both just like, don't die. Um, but they're, uh, they're surprisingly, surprisingly fun. Uh, Mr. Shifty's a long way away from release, too. It's like a full year out, and it, it felt pretty solid when I was playing it. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, nothing else really comes to mind. Hand of Fate 2 was there. Uh, we both got to play that one. Uh, it it was good, but like it's it's gonna be more hand of fate. So like if you didn't like the last one, I don't know if this one's gonna. I mean, it's it. a card game. I'm not. It's not really my thing. Uh, yeah, you might be surprised. When Jared told me it was a card game, I laughed at Jared. But it's it's a pretty cool game. I mean, but you laugh at Jared all the time, so that's not really count. Hey, speaking right, of which, but this time I admitted that I was close to being wrong. Did you guys see that uh, that Titanfall is finally uh, assuming it's true form the form of card game oh yeah that that's the thing that's happening i forget what because it's that, that makes sense to, to that series right it's, titanfall frontline it's going to be a free-to-play card game for your phone how cool yeah, is that's that like, oh. you know that's not that's, very cool that's where this uh this uh series is going you know clearly that's where it used to go Condenses frenetic FPS action into an Android card game. Wow. That sounds. Because when I think frenetic action, I think cards. (laughs) Right. Yes. That's that's naturally where your brain goes. You're like, oh man, I can't wait to get to the pulse pounding kill death ratio uh, that only hurts. That time I was was playing Pinock with my grandma, and boy, that was fun. (laughs) Nothing like playing Canasta. Hey, I've played. There are some pulse pounding pinochle games that you can play against Grandma. But Grandpa Jerry had a heart attack and died. <laughs> Kill streak. <laughs> yeah. Fatality. That's not. That's not very sensitive. I don't know, man. I'm just. I guess I'm not as much into car games and all the. Oh no, I I think it's a uh, resoundingly uh, strange idea but whatever um we'll we'll see how that goes that was not at the show though don't worry we didn't we didn't actually get to see that yeah, i don't think I'm we had to play any general. card games no there were no card games good i hate them there, there seems to be a lot of like interest or into like it's this the next big thing just... is card games the next big thing yeah it sounds so good right I guess. Yeah, well, Hearthstone makes a shitload of money, so guess what? Everyone else wants a shitload of money. Yeah, but Hearthstone's, Hearthstone's seen a little bit of uh, kind of flack right now. Um, but at the yeah, same time... It still probably makes thousands of dollars or millions of dollars a month. Well, and the problem is if people are pissed at Hearthstone, that means that there's an opportunity to make a card game to jump in and you know take advantage of that. So Or they could go back to making fun games. That'd be okay. We'll see. I mean, like I said, I, I like card games, and I like Hand of Fate, and I think you're doing it a disservice... If you... It's not really a card game, though. I mean, it, it is a game with cards, but it's not a card game. Right. Like, like deck building kind of comes into play, uh, but for the most part, I mean... It's really more like a turn-based dungeon crawl. Eh. No, that's oh, not even really... Card game. Um, my very first day, I had an appointment to see a game called Halcyon 6... It has a longer title than that. There's something after Halcyon 6. 
It's like Halcyon Six, the Renegade Wars, or something. I don't know. Um, but, I, don't know. I think so. But the Indie Mega Booth did this thing. I don't think I should know this. The Indie Mega Booth did a thing that I don't feel like was uh, very well communicated to a lot of people, which is Friday, Saturday they had one set of games in the in the mini booth, and then Saturday, Sunday they actually swapped them all out for completely different games. And so I made an appointment to see Halcyon Six on Friday. The problem is, is that Halcyon Six wouldn't be in that booth until Saturday, uh, or or, oh. or Sunday rather. Um, and so uh, the the lead developer was nice enough to um, meet me anyway, and we basically just walked over to the women's restroom nearby, and um, I just did kind of a little audio interview with him. That's what we call that now, outside the women's restroom. Uh, it was right, right where... Up, paying off. Funny enough, it was, it was in the exact same spot where we watched the Mushroom 11 guy play his game on a laptop. Oh, uh, that's uh, that's a blessed corner. It is. It's a beautiful place. But I was hoping to ask you about the game, Lucio, because I got to talk to this guy for like a half hour about it, but I did. I didn't ever actually get to see it. I went back to check it out, and he wasn't around. And uh, I made a resolution to check one more time, and I didn't. So. So it's um. So they call themselves a three X game. So if you know, like basically a civilization game is called uh, a 4X game, right? Because it's exploration, uh, extermination, expansion, and something else. I forgot whatever. This doesn't really have expansion. Um, You are in charge of one base um, that um, that you have to kind of make sure it's not destroyed. And um, the reason for that is because th- there's this uh, invasion on the system that you're at uh-huh. um, uh, by these things that are, I mean, I guess basically the Zerg, except they are ships. Um, so you have to manage your base. It's very reminiscent of um, the base um, stuff in XCOM. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you also have to uh, kind of keep the order on on the rest of the system. And you're the only one left, so there's nobody else to help you. Um, you are stationed in this alien space base that has some sort of hidden technology that uh, is supposed to be able to kind of turn everything around. Um, so the the way it works is, you know, you start trying to build your fleet up, um, and you try to survive and kind of drive back the invaders. It's pretty good. I like it. The only thing is uh, once you start like taking everything over, it feels like it gets kind of too easy fairly, you know, like into the middle of the game. Easy. Where you are just like, over. right. So like when it starts, it's hard as nails. I lost like two fleets and stuff like that. Everything was looking dire. But once, um, once I got to a certain point... It was just, uh, you know, it didn't seem um, all that hard to to kind of just keep growing. And, you know, uh, once you have a, a veteran Navy, you pretty much curve stomp over everything in your path. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's... But I like it. It's, it's pretty deep. Um, I, I was playing it on normal. 
So, I so wanted, I'm pretty sure that if you go into the higher difficulty settings, it's a different story. I wanted to ask, he was saying that the battle system is like a JRPG kind of inspired yes. one. Yeah. Um, oh, it's that one? He, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. I, I asked him what was, like a, what was like a detail that you were proud of in that game that a lot of people don't notice. And he talked to me for a little bit about how... Uh, it's actually fairly deep, too. Yeah. So he, it's a good RPG, JRPG system. Well, he talked to me how just like from an aesthetic standpoint, uh, they took a lot of time and energy to make sure that every single ship has different phases of damage that it gets into. So, yeah. like, the sprites completely change depending on how beat up they get. Um, but, yeah, that, that battle system was kind of intriguing to me. That's what I was most curious to see. Um, so that, that plays pretty well. He, he was talking about it, and he, he made it sound like it was on, like, a, like, an ATB kind of thing where you can see, like, the order that people are going to attack in, and you have a lot of spells and abilities. It's not really ATB in the sense that it, it doesn't, like, if you don't press anything, it doesn't keep going. Right. But you can see the order return. Right. It's, oh. uh, he compared it, well, he didn't compare it, but what he described to me sounded like Child of Light. Did you guys ever play that or see that? No, I didn't play it. Yeah, well. It's more like Breath of Fire. Uh-huh. Um, but you can also see your enemies take turns. So you know when they're going to attack, basically. Right, mm-hmm. right. When you're going to attack. Um, so the way that the combat system works is there's a status effect. So there's attacks that... They inflict different status effects. So, for example, I can, you can do a hack, um, hack, you know, uh, some upload virus, I think is the name of the, the attack. Mm-hmm. And that makes you, your sensors of the enemies go down. So then you have another ship that has this attack that does extra damage when you, um, when you have this ability. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then it produces a different status effect for them. Um, and so what, what ends up happening is that you kind of try to chain these different attacks that are kind of the feet of on each other, and they deal a lot more damage. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of key to getting your, uh, you know, your ships to survive the fights, because otherwise you're just going to, to die. <laughs> that's he, the, the real... He was saying that was something they were particularly proud of, is how... Uh, status effects actually mean something in that game. Yes, because you they know, do. in like Final Fantasy and things like that, like yeah, you know, I could cast haste, but I could also just not, and things will pretty much work the same. Uh, yeah, and th- you actually kind of have to to learn how to to, I guess, chain them together and synchronize them, mm-hmm. because that's the key to to winning the fights. Mm-hmm. And you can really punch above your weight if you learn how to do it. Uh, on the other hand, if you don't learn how to do it, then you can, you're going to die. <laughs> I, like, I like that, though, because I feel like in JRPG battle systems in particular, there's just not really a lot to learn, you know? Like, you're, you're either yeah. the right level to fight this guy, or you weren't the right level to fight that guy. Uh, right, right, and your fleet doesn't really earn levels that quickly. Uh-huh. So it's not like you can just, you know, grind. That and the fact that, you know, grinding doesn't really work. Right, wouldn't, um, wouldn't make a difference anyway. Right. So, you know, it, it's... Um, because most of the stuff that you have is time, so you have so much time to do it. So, you know, if a I, if I colony asks for your help because they're being invaded, um, you only have so much time to respond. Mm-hmm. Uh, if somebody's bombarding your base, you only have so much time to stop them. Um, so it doesn't really make sense to... 
uh, to grind because then you are going to lose colonies. And losing a colony is a big deal because you lose our resources that you need to keep your your military running. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, you can't just, like, ignore them. Um, but it's just good. Like I said, once you start getting... Once you start getting a better navy, um, it kind of loses some of the edge. And I'm wondering if, this, if that's the case on higher difficulties. Uh-huh. But I played it normal. And in normal, I got to a point where... So, so basically, there's this, this pirate fleet that's right next to you when you when you start a game. And they're basically saying, oh, you know, we are going to... Um, you know, we're going to invade. You know, the Federation is gone. You're being invaded by these other guys. Uh, and... You know, it reminds me kind of like the other factions in in um, in civilization, where you know you have like you know Caesar coming or like oh you owe me a favor. Um, so you know th- that was that was a big deal at the beginning of the game. You know, I, I lost a few ships. Uh, you know, things were dire. It's, the circumstances were dire. Um, but then eventually, I kind of destroyed all of them. And, um, you know, once that was done, then it was just a lot easier to to just, um, you know, survive any other, other new threats. Right. And um, the fact that I had a, a military that had basically been, you know, trained in combat and all that made it so that that was also uh, not really a big deal, you know. Mm-hmm. So, once they had that military that was already built, um, I built up a secondary fleet that I used mostly to go pick up resources. And then all the combat was done by this one group that was just like fucking unstoppable, you know, the game. Oh, okay, yeah. You get like your, your super soldier and right. just kind of move on. And that kind of happens to Civilization too, so it's a problem of the genre, right? Now, did you, didn't, you have your? You didn't finish the game, though, did you? No. Because I Not wonder. Yet. I wonder if maybe it's going to drop like some heavy shit on you towards the end or something. I hope so, because right now my fleet is like invincible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could. I could see why that wouldn't be the best. Well, yeah, there doesn't seem to be. So, you know, what makes XCOM compelling, at least for me. And I know that this isn't necessarily a one-on-one comparison, but what makes XCOM compelling to me is that the game never makes you feel like you are like you have the upper hand, right? Oh yeah, X- so, you know, XCOM's like skin of your teeth at all times, right? Right. So you discover a grenade launcher and they have you know a plasma rifle. You discover plasma rifles and they have you know whatever is next in the in the technology tree. Right. Right. Um, and that. That's kind of what makes the the game interesting to me. Uh, there's really not like this. This is you know you advance and that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, yeah, I get the that. enemies do get tougher, but you get tougher at a much higher rate. Mm-hmm. So in that way, it feels imbalanced. Now, like I said, I've been playing it in the easiest, in not this is more in the um, normal mode. So there's um, there's far. You know, in a number of one to five, I guess this would be a three, right? Uh, in in terms of difficulty. Is that how it, there, there's like two higher levels than what you're doing? Right. So I, I'm playing it in that uh, in that tier. Um. So you know, it, it might be that when you're in the higher difficulty levels, 
it's not that as simple as in this in this uh, difficulty level. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I have a feeling that what all it does is just change like the resources, and I don't. Know, I have no way of like verifying this, but I don't know. I just get the feeling that that's how they are. Because it feels like they give you a lot of resources, a lot yeah. more than you actually need. Um, yeah, we have to let me know how it plays out at the end because I'm I'm curious as to whether or not they they step it up. Or well, hopefully they will. Uh, they will, like you said, you know, throw some heavy shit on you. Yeah, because that's totally possible. You know, maybe it'll have a really nasty like final uh, boss or something. I don't I don't know. We'll see. Um, I did want to mention that we saw Masquerada at the show, and it has changed a lot in the last year. I, I oh, shouldn't yeah? I shouldn't say it's changed a lot, but it looks um, it looks real it's nice. It's a card game now. <laughs> yeah, yep. it's, a, it's a card game now. Um, <laughs> but no, they've they've got like their final voice acting into it, and they've got like the the characters' avatars like animated when they talk, and uh, it lo- it looks really nice. looks looks really really good. Michael played it, I think. Yeah, uh, I didn't play it last year, so I don't know how much the gameplay has improved. Although it's still it's still fun. Uh, the voice acting is really pretty top notch. Very well done. Yeah, they've they've got a good cast going on. I think Jennifer Hale and I forget who else, but um, yeah, they had pretty good voice acting last time too. So I don't know how they did it, but they're uh, they're they're on track. Uh, that releases later this month, so we should get a chance to check that out pretty soon, hopefully. But I don't know anything else, Michael, that caught your eye that you want to mention before we go. Um. No, not so much. That was pretty. It was, thorough. yeah, probably not as much fun as last year, but still pretty enjoyable time. Mm-hmm. Saw um, some freaks. Saw some. Saw some fun stuff. I will mention. We'll probably do a little write up on it, but uh, the, we did meet. We we don't usually cover hardware on the site, uh, but we did meet up with some guys from a company called Antlion, and uh, they make what they call a modular microphone, and it's basically a a standalone microphone that attaches to a normal pair of headphones. Um, and I'm reaching up and feeling the bracket on my headphones right now. I didn't use the mic tonight, but I think Michael actually did. You, you replaced your regular one. Uh, I did. Yeah. Mic. I, uh, I'm coming, I've come down with a bit of a cold, so if I sound bad, it's not the microphone's fault. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's actually if you're listening, fault. my mic's broken, so give me one, and I'll, I'll say whatever you want me to say about it. <laughs> Uh, you'll even do whatever you want him to do I'll try using it next week I'll I'll swap out my mic entirely and see how it sounds but uh, they were saying the quality on it was was really really high and uh, they thought it'd be pretty comparable to the studio mic that I use so I'm curious to see that in action Um, but it solves a problem like I said normally we don't cover hardware but I wanted to see this because it literally solves a problem that I have which is I own a really nice pair of headphones but uh, I don't have, I, I don't want to buy a headset because of that. You know, I, I don't want to buy like a Turtle Beach headset or any of that stuff. And so this is something that, like I said, just attaches to your normal headphones. And uh, they basically become a headset by proxy. And uh, I only used it for a little bit, but I was, I was kind of impressed by it. Um, it has some cord management issues, especially if your headphones aren't wireless. But other than that, it's a, it's a pretty neat little piece of hardware. And uh, pretty affordable too for the quality of mic that it is. So yeah, that's cool. We'll, I'm liking mine so far. We'll get a little more thorough on that uh, next week, but for right now, that's just kind of an initial impression of it. But 
All right, well, if there's nothing else, I think that was it. Good pack, so we'll never talk about it again. Maybe just a little more. Uh, I think that was enough. All right, well... We'll see. I think uh, I think then that should that should do it for us. So if you're not already, go read our extensive packs coverage on the website. It's at enemyslime.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at the Enemy Slime on both of those services. Go check out our YouTube channel. That should start updating again. I've got a little bit of content that I'll be putting on there this week. I hopefully. Um, but I think other than that, we should be good. So I do believe with that, we are out. Yes, we are.